As a Blue Cross Medicare member, managing your medications from home is simple. With our easy-to-use prescription drug plans, you can get the medicine your doctor prescribes from your local pharmacy or even delivered by mail. For the trusted care you need and want, Blue Cross will be here with more convenient ways of getting it. Like we've been for more than 80 years. Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. Confidence comes with every card. To learn more, visit bcbsm.com slash senior options. Hey, this is our second week of podcast here on more. I'm excited to say that we actually made it another week. Yep. I can't believe it. I mean, I can't believe that we actually made it through an entire another week of podcast. And we, I don't know about you, but uh, I got a lot out of it. I actually listen, I, I might be the only one that listened to it a hundred times. I don't know about you. I've, I've kept the podcast I, going. I would say that's pretty safe. That's You're pretty the only safe. person yeah, to listen to it a hundred times. <laughs> the ratings were great. I yes. mean, maybe because of me, mm-hmm. uh, actually giving it five stars every time I listen to it. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's the thing we should probably mention to people that listen to podcasts. If you listen to it, make sure you rate it uh, so that it just keeps staying up in the, uh, the uh, what is that called? The, the panel when people are looking for podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, you don't know the lingo yet. I don't know. Metaverse. Lingo. I don't yeah. know. I hear that thrown around a lot. Yeah. But just, you know, like if you're looking for podcasts, we keep getting thrown up there. Mm-hmm. So look for the five-star rating and then give us a little five-star shout out, whatever. And people find and subscribe us. and yeah. click and all those things that That's help right. boost the um, connections with people. Out That's there. right. And then share it with somebody else so that they can hear it too as well. Right. But uh, I don't know. It was really good. I, th- I had a lot of fun. I had a blast. It was the best. Yeah. I was, literally was just giddy with joy as we were done with that last weekend. <laughs> it was so much fun. I, you know, and I, I'm not a big fan of, of my voice on radio, but I just enjoyed the fact that uh, we were doing something so awesome and cool to let uh, people know what's going on with the church and lo- know what's going on with our ministries and different things that are happening around in Harbor Light. You know, people said to me during the week, I didn't know that we were around so long. You know, the Harbor Light's been around that long. Right. Yeah. So it was a history instruction. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, so we gave them information that they have never heard before. They didn't know that you were that old. So I, we helped them out with that. Yeah. I mean, everybody thinks that you're like 23 or something, and so you kind of, you know. Right. I have a persona yeah, that, I know. that I give off. I know. And, so uh, it went around there. Let's go ahead and uh, do our shout out oh, to our sponsor. Shout-out, yeah. That would be good. Our sponsor is Wilson Insurance, your agency since 1981. They cover home, auto, farm, business, recreational, which is my absolute favorite category for them to cover, and life. They offer the best customer service in the biz. And let me tell you, I love those folks over there. I was corrected last weekend. It is not Wilson's insurance. Uh It's only Wilson insurance. Okay. But we love that crew over there. We got Megan, Lloyd, Philip, Kristen, just a great crew over there. And uh, they're doing a perfect, wonderful job. So just want to give a little shout out to them. It's Wilson, not Wilson's. Right. Yeah. Was there ever Wilson's? Nope. Just one. Always always just Wilson. Yep. Is there, but is there an S on the end of that when you drive by? Nope. There's only one. I, I checked it. Only I drove one. by this morning to verify to make sure I wasn't. Okay. You know, yeah. Maybe my eyes are getting bad. Maybe I'm just seeing double vision or something. I don't know. But we do live in Northern yeah. Michigan and I was told that we put an S on the end of everything. <laughs> so could, we're going to go over to Walmart's. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Or Myers. Myers. Yeah. yeah. It's not Myers. Mm-hmm. Myers. Yeah. So we tend to do that. We do. Yeah. So sorry, my, uh, Wilson. Mm-hmm. for doing that. Mm-hmm. But they've given us some great things. I mean... Yeah, we got tons of swag over there. We've got beanie caps. We've got uh, knit hats. We've got camouflage baseball hats. And then we have this little hat with a pom-pom on the top if you are into pom-poms. So you it's a good that. thing. That's for the ladies. Yeah. That's for, you know, because I don't know too many men are wearing pom-pom hats anymore. Right. 
maybe back when we were growing up as kids, it was pom-poms were good, but not Fantastic. anymore. Yeah, not anymore. Well, we have a guest in the studio today. Uh, we have Pastor Amy here. Hi, Pastor Amy. Hi. Yeah, um, you are here to talk to us about the Jamaica trip, and we're going to get into that a little bit later. But it's exciting to be in our presence, isn't it? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> I'm so excited to be the first guest on the podcast. Yeah, you should be. I loved yeah. the podcast last week. And I will say, I listened probably three or four times. Three or four times? Nice. Yeah, just myself. Wow. Nobody nobody told me. I just listened on my own. I loved it. You guys brought me so much joy. I laughed. I was excited. I just, I loved listening to it, and I told so many people about the podcast. So, well, that's good. So yeah. I loved it. I liked that. Yeah. yeah so, thank you. Did you give us a rating or? Um, oh, see, this is what I'm talking about right here. This I'm is the sorry. Breakdown. I'll start doing. I never do ratings. I'll do ratings. Oh, see, this I'm is sorry. the breakdown. We need. Okay, to work so what's on. the rating thing? Well, if you put a rating on it, you got one through five stars, okay. and then what that does is it puts you in a group of uh, podcasts that are rated at a certain level, mm-hmm. and then when you go there, they direct you towards a certain rating so that people are like, oh, I want to go to a five-star instead of a one-star because it's always going to be really bad. Right. And it's based off of, like, sound quality, the type of the podcast, the the stuff that they're talking about, all that, that kind of stuff. So, you so it's kind of like rating. a hotel situation, right, so you don't yeah. go to a one-star. You're go definitely going to the five-star. Right. Yeah, you don't un- go to a one-star. Un- un- unlike where I have taken my wife to the Viking Motel, oh, that's what downtown like. Detroit. It got two stars. I don't know what the big deal was. Well, stars back Viking then were not necessary. Mo- yeah. Viking and motel should stars never didn't mean so much back in the be day. In a title. Yeah, they were just they were just catching on back in the day. The stars right. situation. So. All right, and so then you want to you want to click, subscribe, share right. all of those things to continue to boost our right. Listenership. I am subscribed. Oh, see, there all you right. go. So That's we have nice. we have three subscribers now in this room, which is good. We're yeah. moving forward. We're a hundred percent saturation in this room. Yeah, hundred percent, right. which is a good thing. Yep. Yeah, we're, we're already meeting market demand yep. right now. Statistics are up. Statistics are up. Well, that's awesome. So, uh, you know, we just moved into daylight saving time. You guys are getting over that whole PTSD that's happened in there. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. This Sunday. That first that first service, yeah. people were dead. They were literally oh, yeah. zombies sitting I there. I couldn't get a response no. out of anyone. No, it I, was I know. crazy. Did you ever feel like just hitting the mic and saying, "Hello, are you guys? Is this on? <laughs> am, am I am oh I making gosh. any? Am I here?" I was are really nervous that when people were, were not coming in yet. Yeah. Like, I mean, it was like, you got normal Harbor Light late time, mm-hmm. and this was like super Harbor Light late time. People were still not in as Ted was starting with the first song, and nothing was happening. I'm like, whoa, this is going to be a good service. <laughs> and people were walking in like, did we change the order of service? Are yeah. we starting with the sermon? Because they're like, I'm a full hour late. <laughs> and like, where are we? Who is this person singing? After, yeah. after, that, ex- after that experience, I'm like, we should have National Nap Day, which is the day after <laughs> oh, Daylight yeah. Savings. Oh, oh that yeah, should be, be a great. thing. Yeah. You know, you yeah. have three pastors talking about daylight savings time and about church right now. Three pastors cannot be late <laughs> to no, the first true. service of that's church. True. Normal people, they can be late. That's right, yeah. Well, that'd be great, though, wouldn't it, to have a nap day? Yeah. National that should day. be a thing. That should yeah. be a divine edict from God himself mm-hmm. saying it's a rest day, right? It already is in the Bible. Well, Sunday is the day of rest. Well, we can just put it back into place and say, listen, this is from God. This is what needs to happen. So sorry. We're going to make it happen again. Always on a Monday. Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, we can play siesta. around the calendar. It's just, yeah, a siesta. It's a, you know, go back A there. siesta for our siesta. 
Ooh, there you go. Ooh, look at that word oh, wordsmithing over anywhere. there. I like it's that. Spanish speaking right now, but <laughs> I don't know where that came from. It just came from inside. Well, you of used it. to know some Spanish, didn't you? I mean, yeah, I used it's to. It's not gonna help you much on Jamaica trip, though, right? No, no not at all. Not at all. I've known know I've known people that speak Spanish. So that that'll help is, you. That is a check mark in in your area. By osmosis, he will learn how to speak. Well, it's kind of like just because I've learned and sang Bob Marley songs will it help me in Jamaica? Probably not. I mean, I would like to think, you know. It's probably not. One love, you know. I, You know, because this Jamaica trip's coming on, I was really getting excited for you guys. And I started listening to Bob Marley songs going to work and coming here. You know, I'm thinking, oh, you know, this is great music. But he never sings any, like, Jamaican-esque, you know, words. It's all English. So right. it doesn't really help you. Jamaican esque would be pigeon. Is it pigeon? Yeah, I think it's called pigeon. Hmm. So you learn something new every day. Mm-hmm. So you can get, you know, that'd be cool to get a pigeon Bible and try to read from that. I think they, they have, have some them. from African really? dialects mm-hmm. too, that they kind of take words from African dialects too and put in there. Oh, really? So yeah, I was reading, they do some things from uh, Swahili, Swahili also. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, that's pretty cool. I went on a trip one time to Hawaii and they had their Bibles in their church had a Hawaiian. English mix. It was really fascinating. Mm-hmm. I like that. Well, um, since we're already on the topic of Jamaica, um, why don't we talk a little bit more about this uh, mission trip that you guys are getting ready to go on? Um, I was looking up a little bit about Jamaica, and it was interesting some of the facts that uh, I found on Jamaica. Um, and uh, you're going to be going into some interesting surroundings. Uh, the majority of the population is a church. Uh, majority of the population is Protestant. Um, so they have a big understanding of religion. Uh, the other thing I was looking up is that uh, a lot of them are also into this kind of like weird segment of, of religion, which is Rastafarianism, which is like this idea of, of evangelicalism, but it's sort of a, a weird version of it. Um, yeah, they take some things from... Uh, the Christian religion mm-hmm. and put it into Rastafarian. Okay, mm-hmm. so um, so what's some things that you've started to learn already about your experience going into this this mission? Well, it is it is a religious area. Yes, I would say that. But there and it is a very loving country. So they are very um, religious, very loving, but they. Um, and I would say very giving back to people. So, um, and receptive. So very receptive. Um, but the, the Rastafarianism, I would say, is definitely a confusion of what is actually going on. So it's not a Christian faith. It's something that they've taken pieces of that and then they've brought it in to make it um, comfortable and work for them. So that is not a Christian religion at all. Kind of like the half-truth isn't real truth. Yep. Right? It's just not. And it's not just the Jamaican people. Everyone around the planet does that. They kind of reform and reshape the truth of God's word into something that is convenient for them. Mm -hmm. That's right. That's right. So, so, um, Pastor Amy, tell us exactly why, you know, Harbor Light does these short-term trips. What's, what's kind of the, uh, the reason behind that? There's a few reasons. I would say that question's a little loaded because it has a lot of answers to it. Um, one is uh, we are part of the global church. So we're part of the church as a whole, not just our own identity as a church in 
in Michigan, right? This little tiny town in Michigan. So we are part of the global church. Um, We're also in the Bible, it says to uh, go to all the nations and preach the gospel. And we start in our own home and we move out um, throughout the whole area. So that's another reason. Um, Another reason is to also meet new people, uh, make friends with other people of different cultures, and um, also to support other Christians in other parts of the country uh, that we're not in. Make an impact that lasts for a very long time. Um, Even though it's a short-term mission, and we're not even going for a month, but we're going maybe just for a week on a short-term mission, uh, it's a huge impact in somebody's life. Uh, They will remember that for many, many years to come um, with those relationships. And then also uh, to share the gospel. Uh, That seems like a given, but I don't consider myself um one of my giftings is not to be evangelistic it's it's just not my thing but that doesn't mean that i'm not called to mission so it doesn't always mean that but it does mean that i still share the gospel of jesus christ with those that need to hear it um and then ultimately we hope that when you go on a short-term mission trip that you deepen your relationship with christ your own relationship your own relationship yeah, uh, mostly it starts first, we're hoping, with your, your relationship with Christ. You get a better view of what's going on in the world. All of a sudden, God is not the God of just Petoskey, Michigan, mm-hmm. but he is the God of the whole world. And it broadens our, our big view of church and of Jesus Christ and the way people live and how they live and how they love the Lord in a different way, even, mm-hmm. than what we do. And uh, so that I would say that was... That I've was always been fascinated with when you go on a mission trip, many times you have very limited resources and you're running into, you know, problems that people have on, from individuals all the way to national problems. And you can't reach into your pocketbook and uh, fix it with some kind of a gift or money. And so you've got to rely upon Holy Spirit to be able to guide you, um, help you as you're ministering to people uh, one-on-one or maybe even to a big group. But it seems like our faith grows because we're so reliant, so dependent on his uh, day-to-day guidance in that. So have you, you've witnessed that, I'm sure. Yeah, we are, we're certainly blessed. Even the poorest of poor here um, in America are blessed. But to see poverty on a different level in a different country uh, takes you to a different level personally. Um, One of the things that we can't, we can't do is really take people out of what they're already in. And they don't always consider themselves poor or poverty stricken. That's an American mindset of what, what we have or don't have. And we place that on the things that we have or don't have, or the money that we don't have. Then we consider ourselves poor. It's all relative, right? I mean, most people in America think, well, Hey, I'm middle-class at best. But the fact is if you make $50,000 a year and you have electricity in your house, you're among the top 1% in the entire world. And so just like there, it's kind of relative. I'm, you know, maybe maybe I'm middle ca- class in Jamaica is not going to be the same as a middle class here in America, but it is relative. It is very relative. And it's something to always think about when you go on a short-term mission, too, is that just because somebody does something different in a way that we wouldn't do it doesn't mean that it's done wrong. It just means that they do it different. And so we come alongside of them. We don't come in to change whatever they're doing. We come alongside of them to support and encourage. 
what Can I tell you a doing? crazy story? Yes. One time I was uh, doing a service down in Haiti and uh, their services are just kind of wildly different than uh, here in the United States. And uh, while I'm speaking, this dog has just wandered in because they don't have doors on their chairs. <laughs> this dog is just walking up and down the aisles. Yeah. Right. No one's doing it. No one is even paying attention. And this Nobody dog, cares. this dog has more fleas than hair. Okay. And, um, the dog comes up and lays down right in front of the pulpit while I'm preaching. Okay. And then on cue, as if he knows what the next thing in the service is, he gets up and walks over to the communion table, no. sits under the communion table. <laughs> and then the pastor gets up and he's like, all right, now it's time to take communion. The dog knows someone's going to drop that cracker. <laughs> he's waiting. So, you know, you're exactly right. Church in different countries is different than here in the U.S. Not wrong, just different. And uh, so, you know, livestock, animals could just be wandering around while you're having church. That's awesome. And it really just broadens your view of, ch- of doing church and worship in a different atmosphere, a different country, even, even different cities in America. Worship differently than mm-hmm. what we do in northern Michigan, right? Right. So it's it's exciting to go on a short term. That's awesome. Trip. All right. So what would you say this uh, this net, this trip that you're going on to Jamaica? What what are some of the primary things that you're hoping to be able to see the team do? Well, one of the opportunities that we have is that the church uh, that we're going to in Jamaica has gotten a home that's been donated to them, and uh, they are wanting it to be a daycare center for children. And so we will be doing some construction on that home, uh, cleaning it out, painting it, um, maybe doing some repairs, but getting it ready for um, children to come in and be a part of a daycare center. Um, Another part of the trip will be to work with uh, children that they already have coming to the church and then ones that will be coming from the neighborhood. Um, in, a, in what they call a kids club, uh, very similar to a vacation Bible school style. Um, and we will be doing like a parade nice. every day to bring children in uh, to be a part of this vacation Bible school. So we've gone all out, got noisemakers and wigs and hats. and With a band and everything? Well, no, we don't have any live music this time around. Well, wait a minute, <clears throat> because I was, we were talking to James the other day. James Good. And he said... You know, at first you guys are talking about not being able to go and do this stuff. And then he's like, oh, great. Now I got to pull out the equipment. And I said, what equipment are you talking about? And he's like, I got to make this, this sound thing so I can be ready for the parade. So what is he doing? What is he talking about? He must have a plan that I don't know of. I did buy noisemakers. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. I'm just about. not sure. But, yeah, he'll be part of the parade. And we have bubble gun. Bubble, oh, bubble guns. Yeah. I don't know if that... You know, like bubble shooters, they're electronic, so bubbles will be going everywhere when we walk down the street. He was excited. It's going to be fun. He was excited about it. Yeah. yeah. So Welcome we'll to some... the Lawrence Welk Show. <laughs> bubbles. That a one great. and a two, two and, and a three. three. Here we go. Oh, I missed that show. That was a great show. Yeah. Okay, so what about um, any future trips? Do we have any future trips coming up at here at Harbor Light? We do. We have, um, we're hopeful that there's going to be one in June um, to go to Cambodia. And in Cambodia, we will be uh, building floating classrooms nice. on the river. I know. Isn't that exciting? So um, that one will be education and construction themed. And then, uh, and that's like a once in a lifetime thing. I mean, right. when can you ever say that you would be building floating classrooms? That's pretty awesome. Leech infested waters, I assume. <laughs> 
Maybe. I have so, no idea. I'm getting ready. Um, and then in September, we'll be going to uh, West Virginia, um, out in the Appalachia area, and serving that population there for um, some construction there. I'm not sure about that trip yet and what that's going to entail. We also have some... Uh, partners that we work with out there that we will encourage again, um, older pastors that our church has been taking care of for years, and we will see them again. All right, so somebody who's listening that might be interested in the Cambodia trip or even the West Virginia trip, what do they do? How can they find out more or get connected with you? So you can email me at A-I-M-E-E, Norton, N-O-R-T-O-N, at harborlight.org and I will contact you back and get you all the information. Fantastic. Thank you, Pastor Amy, for being here today, yeah, being our much. very first guest on the podcast more. And uh, so we're, we're super excited about what you're doing here at Harbor Light and God is just using you in a super powerful way. Thanks so much. And you get a Wilson, Wilson hat. Please yeah, pick something yeah. off the swag table over swag there. Table, yeah. Okay, thanks. Yeah. Thanks so much. And and you're more than welcome to stay for the rest of the podcast you'd like as we talk about some other things because we could always use your extra little input in there. I appreciate it. Okay, thanks so much for having me. Well, we're going to go into our, our next segment, which is talking about what Pastor Gary talked uh, about on Sunday. That's kind of redundant. Talked about and talked about on Sunday. Well, let's work on that. <laughs> <laughs> but the next segment we're going to look at is what Pastor Gary was getting into uh, on Sunday. And uh, I thought it was really powerful um, as we talked about the... the idea of mission and ministry mm-hmm. and um we we got into some really interesting uh knowledge nuggets that you brought up in the text and um some questions and um the one thing that really challenged me was how you just started out with why am i alive i yes. mean i mean everybody's asking the same question right right no matter what 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 you're doing in life no matter if you're a business owner or working at, at some some job you're like i think it's just medial work you know why am i here why am i alive and the text you brought up was isaiah 437 it says uh bring all who claim me as their god for i have made them for my glory it was i who created them now what in the world what you mean by this? Well, I was excited about this. I think that uh, when you have a basic understanding or the most foundational understanding of who you are, why you're alive, what you're trying to get accomplished, who God is, those things set the course for the rest of your life and what you're going to try to get accomplished. And so that's probably the most primary question you can probably possibly ask yourself is, why am I alive? Why am I here? And uh, you get that answered. You get that squared away. And you've got now most of the direction that you need for the rest of your life. And so it was really fun. I am working with a lot of people who are brand new to the faith, brand new to uh, Christianity. And they don't realize that uh, they have actually had a purpose since before the creations of the foundations of the world. And God loves them. They're not an accident. And, uh, and when they realize that, all of a sudden, they've got a different outlook on what's going on and what's important in this world. Yeah, there's three statements there. That I, I noticed that you were, you kind of got into uh, even on Sunday a little bit more was, you know, it's the acknowledgement of bringing those people in that are looking for that revelation, right? They're asking that question, so bring them, bring them to me, right? Get them to, uh, to a place where they can begin to see who I am. And then it's like, uh, then have them uh, understand the glory of who I am for them, right? Mm-hmm. Understand what I've I've done here, and then uh, begin to help them understand the process of why. Uh, I've been their creator all along by pointing that out to them through the word, through community life, through all these different things like small groups and all these different things. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we begin to have this major process in helping God move 
the community and this person forward in this understanding. And it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? I mean, like you said, I think you said uh, last Sunday, you know, uh, for Easter Sunday, you know, tell them about the possibility and I'll do the work to tell them about how God is awesome yeah. and share with them. Yeah. Let's work together, yeah, as, let's a work team. together as a team. Yeah, yeah. You bring, you bring your friends, you bring your family and, uh, and then we'll set the stage and I'll tell them all about Jesus and then we'll be working together. And uh, so there's a beautiful unity that takes place when we all in the body of Christ are, you know, functioning and performing yeah. that thing that we're, we've been called to do. And I think that's a greater message in, in this thing is I have a purpose, mm-hmm. I have a connection, and I'm connected to something greater than myself. Right. That's, that's the why am I created, why am I made, why am I alive? It's because I'm con- connected to someone and something greater than myself. Yeah, and, that, and you're right. That's such a beautiful thing. Because I think if, uh, the reason why people ask the question, why am I alive, is because they think they're all alone. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything connected to. I'm no, I don't know what I'm connected to. And, and sure, you have family, people that you consider to be blood. But still, you do feel a sense of aloneness because once those people are past or they move on and do things in their own life, uh, you still stand alone. You feel like you're alone. Um, even if you have kids in your life, even though you have grandkids, whatever it is, you still feel a sense of uh, disconnectedness. You feel alone because uh, there's something still missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when you begin to realize that there's something greater, something divine, something that is connected to you that's so stronger than any of those other connections, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, my gosh, this is so much better. I mean, why do you think people, like you talked about, why do you think people can be so connected in their faith, you know, and, and still be, you know, single or still be, you know, uh, isolated from family, but still be connected in a church family stronger than any other relationship they can ever have? Because it's something more than anything they've ever had before. So I think that's a, a really neat thing that we talk about. Um, so you talked about how do you bring glory to God on Sunday, and you talked about in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, 31. So whether you eat or drink or whether you uh, do or whatever you do, uh, do it all for the glory of God. Uh, what did you mean by that? Well, I think that's just kind of the real um, baseline of how do we bring glory to God. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind is, you know, we go to church and we sing, right? And that we bring glory to God by that. But that's really just one aspect of it. It really entails every part of our lives. And I think it's important to ask yourself that question as you're go- going about your day, as you're doing your work, as you're, whatever you're doing, do it as unto the Lord and do it in a way that you are grateful, thankful, and uh, that you're recognizing that you're able to accomplish that because of God's goodness and because of what he's done in our lives. And then all of a sudden, you want to be able to do things, interact with other people, interact with the environment, interact with all creation in a way that says, thank you, God, and and that you start to experience his goodness. And then you're not breaking things, breaking relationships, you know, messing up. All of a sudden, your outlook, you realize that I can worship God and bring glory to him by everything I do and everything I say. Can and that support a, a mission, little, yeah. Can I share a little uh, story about your sure your dad? Sure. Yeah, very important. So a uh, long time ago, your dad, Pastor Bill, uh, delivered a message. I can't remember the whole thing, but I think it had something to do with worship. And one of the things that stuck out to me that has stayed with me for 20-some years was that he said, we can worship God even doing the dishes. And as a young mom that I was, and, um, you know, I felt like I was constantly doing dishes and things like that. And he said, you know, when you're doing the dishes and you're complaining and you're washing the dishes and you're saying, oh, I can't believe I have all these dishes to do and nobody to help me and blah, 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 blah. He said, you worship the Lord through that and you say, 
Thank you, God, for food that was on these plates. I appreciate you so much. I love you for that. Thank you for giving me the dirty dishes that I have to clean and Mm -hmm. that I'm able to serve my family in this way and this and that and this and that. And I thought, oh, it stuck to me. That has stuck with me for so many years because the complaining can be so easy, but to realize that you can worship through all of these things. You know, people do not have food on their plates. Some of them don't have plates to wash. And that is a huge thing. Yeah. Thank you, God. I didn't have to go down to the river, get a bucket of water, Mm -hmm. boil it to wash these dishes. Lord, I just was able to hit that handle and the water came out and it was clean and healthy. There's a million ways to thank the Lord and bring glory to him when you do that. We call, you know, giving God glory is bragging on God. And you're just looking for every opportunity in every situation to brag on him. So I think yeah. that First uh, Corinthians 10.31 right there just summarizes that super well. Your mindset is totally different, though, when you do that and you are able to worship in that way. Mm-hmm. You, well, you are it, yeah. in a different mindset. It changes your idea of mission, doesn't it? I mean, when you, when you look at everything you do as being something that you want to honor God with, I mean, it changes everything from changing diapers to working in the house to change, you know, working your car, your job, whatever it is, uh, you want to give glory to God. And, um, you know, I think sometimes like, uh, you kind of get in the mindset, well, you know, giving glory to God and mission is, is like doing what we see people do on Sundays or the pastor or what somebody's doing this great glorious aspect of the church community, but it's everything, right? Mm-hmm. Everything we do is doing glory to God. So we have to change some of the things we do. Um, one of the, I'm oh, sorry, you want to say something? No. Nope. No. One of the things I thought was interesting, uh, the quote that you said that was really, I think was really uh, poignant was, if God is not the center of our goals, they become twisted and misguided. And I was like, woo, that was a, that was a good quote. And then you kind of rephrase it a little bit later and you said, if God's glory is not the goal, then every attempt is twisted and short-sighted. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of the same quote, but just kind of rephrase a little bit, you know, two, like two bookends of the same uh, topic, which I thought was really good. Right. I think that when uh, we as humans, because we're flawed, um, you know, it's always going to end up being twisted in a way that brings benefit to me and glory to me. And we see, we see that take place in um, every realm of life where people start off with good intentions. And uh, before you know it, they're uh, putting their money in their own pocket. Mm-hmm. They're bringing glory to themselves. And that always will result in a twisted, broken society or a twisted, broken attempt at whatever it is. And so if you don't keep Christ at the center of all of those things, it's going to go off the rails. And it won't take very long for that to happen. What we're experiencing right now, I believe, inside of our country, there was a mass movement towards, um, you know, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, all lives matter. Black lives matter for sure. And then you find out here a year or two after that old movement that those people were just putting up money in their own pocket and yeah. building them some giant giant mansions, right? Look at here's something that was probably intended to be a good thing, and it goes off course, and it's broken and twisted. And there's just a living example of what I'm talking about. If Christ isn't the center and the foundation and the goal for whatever attempt you try to make, mm-hmm. it will end up in um, a collision course with, with brokenness. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, the, the mission that we want to have, uh, if it's not centered in the right thing, I mean, everything from, like you mentioned, our, our personal lives, our marriage and family, friends, coworkers, neighbors, acquaintances, all that stuff is going to just crash and burn. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what we try to do. It's all going to crash and burn. And uh, no matter how we try to deal with it in any other way, using another form or tactic, it's just going to all crash and burn. And I think that's an interesting um, thing to keep in the back of our minds because it seems like no matter how many times you hear that message over and over again, you could preach the same sermon, I think, 20 times this year. And still people will try to do it in their own strength, try to rephrase the mission in their own way, 
uh, using some sort of different mantra other than what the Bible tells us. And they still come back and say, I don't know why it failed. You know, why did we have this problem? You know, why do we have these issues? Well, cause you're doing it, you know, again, in a very twisted self-centered way. And you're wondering why it didn't work out the way it's supposed to, you know, just, just take a look at what's happening in our, in our country. You know, God, God loves the United States. Mm-hmm. And we started out in such a way we're so prosperous because of his goodness that we end up using money mm-hmm. to try to fix problems. We go to the middle East and say, please don't blow us up. You know, here's millions of dollars to not, well, okay, that's always just going to, you know, feed more weapons coming against us because it's not based on Christ. And so money, many of the times, is our solution, and that is not where the answer is. It's always going to be in Christ Jesus and his shalom, his peace that, that he has for this world. And so that, that, that message, I think, was uh, a lot deeper than I even realized when I was uh, uh, sharing it and putting that together. And I'm continuing to explore and learn about that myself. Yeah, I think it was powerful, powerful message. And then you took it to the next level. You said, you know, if if this is so important in this mission, personal mission, then there's also the the global mission, this mission that continues on uh, as believers in Christ moving forward. And you said, you know, in the Acts Church, early Acts Church in Acts 1-8, when we're called to go out and do more, the Holy Spirit empowers us to say, listen, take this message now and move it out, you know, and do more and uh, be this example not only where you are locally, but turn it into an environmental message that goes out beyond your borders. Mm-hmm. You're going to share it more and more. And, uh, it, well, in Acts 1-8, it even says go to the ends of the earth, you know, to preach this message. Um, and I, and you, you mentioned some interesting things. You said, is there something that you uh, just have to help make right? Is there something that you see that you have to go and, and fix or uh, do something that makes a change beyond even where you are locally? And uh, how can you do that better? And I thought that was a really cool challenge to people in church. It's a, it's called a holy discontent. Mm-hmm. If if there's something that you're seeing that is broken in this world, in, in your neighbors or whatever it might be, you see something that's broken and it's irking you, it's making you uncomfortable on the inside, that's probably a prompting of Holy Spirit to say, you need to get involved and help with that. That's probably one of the yeah. key, you know, things that I've got you on this planet to help fix. You know, we are called to be fixers. We're called to be relationship builders. And uh, so if there's something that's bothering you, it's probably bothering you for a reason and you need to be involved. And that's where we see um, a lot of people who go through, um, you know, substance abuse and uh, rehabilitation and get healed from that. They get Christ in the center of their lives. And then all of a sudden they are called to go right back into that same area and help others be set free. And then, of course, they can speak with authority because they've been through it. They can speak with the authority because Christ has set them free. And uh, they, they make the best connection. I know that people in the AA community, they don't listen to people who haven't been a part of the AA community because they don't have that life experience. And so now we see where people return right back to the area that they've been set free from to help others get set free. Yeah, very good point. Yeah, because they know what to look for, how to respond, how to deal with those things. And uh, you're right. I mean, that's why Jesus, over and over again, his biggest testimony was, I've been where you're at, right? Mm-hmm. And that's what Paul uses as the greatest testimony of Jesus, is I've always been where you're at. So don't come to me and say, I don't know what you're going through, uh, and I can't help you. He says, I've, I've been where you're at. I can help you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that has been his testimony, most powerful testimony. And it's a testimony that helps us as well when we share our faith with others. You know, uh, yeah, I don't ahead. think that... Um, I think sometimes Christians, they um, don't take that step into, they, they just say, you know, this bothers me, like take abortion, for example, or human trafficking. These are huge issues in our, in our, in our world, in, in America right now, right? And um, 
I think that people don't want to do things about it right away because they don't know where to start. Mm -hmm. And it, the problem is too big. That's what it looks like, right? And it is. It's very, it's, it's undaunting, like, how big some of this stuff is that we're dealing with. But instead, you know, the old adage is, uh, how do you eat an elephant? You take one bite at a time, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. And so it takes time to start that. But what can we do to speak out against abortion right now? What is something that you can do if that's what's irking you? What's something that you can do against human trafficking right now? You know, what's something that, that is Holy Spirit is prompting you to do? There's always small steps. It's like one bite at a time to get to where ultimately we have eradicated abortion or we've eradicated human trafficking, right? The same things that are hurting us hurt the Lord, too, and he's crying out, out for that to be done, too. Yeah, so how, I think you need to personalize every one of those situations, those discontents that you run into. What part can I do, which is most of the time just reaching out to one person, sitting down with some person, and uh, discovering their, their story, helping them. The Lord will continue to open up those doors, but the enemy likes to say, if you don't fix the whole problem, then don't do anything. Well, that's not... That's not of the Lord, right? We're just called to do one thing, and then he'll grow it as it needs to grow. And to not get so discouraged or look at the size of that problem and say, well, I can't fix all of that. Well, you're not called to fix all of it. You're called to just fix one part of it. And that might be just right. one life, yeah. one life of a person. Amen. And I think you're right. I mean, I think that's why, you know, whenever our, ch our faith is challenged, the devil always likes to make it go through the lens, make it bigger, right? Like Peter wants to step out of the boat. Well, he's like, no, man, look at the storm. Mm -hmm. It's way bigger. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is like, just take one step. Just do one thing towards this direction or whatever it is. It's always, Jesus says, just do this one thing. And the devil's like, whoa, look at the big problem here. It's always just the one little thing that Jesus asks us to do. Uh, and if we would just listen to his voice and not watch what the devil's trying to put out there in this, you know, IMAX theater screen saying, look at the mess, you know, this is way bigger than you think. Uh, we'd probably move in the right direction and start seeing what God's calling us to do. So um, Peter starts moving in the right direction. Yeah. He starts taking the step. Yep. He starts walking out on the water. And then what happens? He starts looking he, at everything. He again. starts yeah. looking yeah. at the storm again, and he, he starts to go down again, right? Yeah. So. Yeah, I, and, it's, and it's that, I think that's the effect is that we kind of get caught up in it instead of, you know, walking in faith the way Christ is calling us to, moving in the direction where we should be, making those steps to make the changes that we need to. Because, I mean, honestly, uh, you know, any step we make towards where God's calling us to do in mission is going to be a big step. And, you know, we're never going to really know all the details at first. I mean, when Moses said, yes to God, I'm going to help the children of Israel leave Israel, I don't think he knew it was going to be over 10 million people walking out those doors. I think he was just like, yeah, okay, sure, whatever, I'll do it. And then he's like, oh, my gosh, not only are these people 2 million people, but they're all backbiters, they all hate me, you know, and it's just been one 40-year struggle to get them just a short distance to the promised land. I mean, it was just one thing after another. I mean, I think he, if he would have known that in the beginning, I think he would have been like, no, I'm off. I don't want to do that. I'll take care of sheep. They're easier to take care of, right? Right. So, I mean, it's just like, uh, you know, those things don't need to be set up front. But, you know, the little bit of faith is helpful as you're moving forward. So And 40 years? I mean, you know, one 40 week years. for us is a long time. Yeah. With stuff. <laughs> but 40 years? I know. I, I mean, I see these, these teachers take care of little kids in the little grade schools, like the uh, here at the school, doing music and stuff. And I'm like, I, I would I pull the little hair I have out of my face, uh, or, you know, right in the beginning. So uh, the last thing that Pastor Gary said, which I think is interesting, he says, why should I care about anyone else? And then he brought a passage of scripture from John 3.16 and 1 John 3.16 through 17. He says, because someone did it for me. And I think that's the bottom line is that um, uh, we always have somebody that's the advocate, the one that cared for us, that did it for us when we didn't have any reason to have anyone do it for us. 
And so that's why the mission is so important for us to understand is that we should be out there doing it for other people because when no one should have done it for us, he did it. Uh, regardless of our situation, circumstances, how little we thought of ourselves, how great we thought of ourselves, whatever it may be, um, Christ stepped in and said, I'm going to make a difference in your life. Right. I, I love that passage of scripture that says, you know, he who's been forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, we have this mentality as humans is to pay back, mm-hmm. you know, those that have helped us. We want to say thank you. We want to pay them back. But I think the real message of the gospel is to pay it forward. And, of yeah. course, that's a real phrase that gets used a lot. But that's the truth, right? We want to pay it forward towards somebody else because someone has done that in my life. And then we're doing what Christ has called us to. And um, I love that. I love that concept to, to pay it forward. Yep. So um, can I share one one thing that um, I'd like to expand a little bit from this, this last Sunday? Yeah, definitely. And that's, uh, I had uh, one of our church elders, John Walker, come up, and he's like, you started down this trail and then you stopped. And I didn't even realize it, but he's like, here, here's some ideas. And so this is a shout out to John Walker for being such a student of the word. He said, listen, uh, when the church extends in hand towards uh, people with the gospel. That's just one arm of a real embrace. The real embrace is the gospel message. The other arm of that embrace is here are resources to help you when you're hungry. Here is medicine to help you when you have a disease. And the real embrace is both arms being stretched out and hugging on a person. You know, Harbor Lighter, we're huggers, right? We love to hug. The real hug, the real hug is both the gospel and taking care of the needs of the people there. And when you put those two together, you've got a real embrace. You've got a real hug going on, a real Harbor Light wow, hug. that's awesome. Good job, John. Yeah, he's, he's wow. such an, he is such a huge blessing in my life. Yeah. I love that guy. He's really good. Well, shout out to John. We yeah. Send him a hat. There you go. Yeah, all right. I'll deliver that hat. Deliver the hat, yeah. I like. Well, you'll be in Jamaica. So I'll deliver it after you come back. There we go. Yeah. But a, a hat is coming to John. We'll give him a hat. There we go. Well, that's the end of our, our show together here on more. We wrapped up another show. You spent this time together. I don't want to say you wasted time together with us, but no. you spent this time together with us. Never a waste. Never a waste. Enjoying it. Remember to give us a shout out on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. Uh, make sure you give us a five-star rating so that we can stay at the uh, forefront of whatever platform you're using so people can find us. And uh, thank you again. May God bless you. And uh, we'll see you again. Michigan, this is the story of Ian. I was given a second chance on life when I received a kidney transplant. It allowed me to get back to my daily routine, and then COVID hit. So when I heard about the vaccine, I was so excited to get it so that I could be protected. But I am one of the thousands of Michiganders who is unable to build up immunity. My hope is that everyone can live their lives to the fullest because we are all protected. Find your vaccine at michigan.gov slash COVID vaccine. A message from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services.